I used to be a stripper, but I decided to go all in and get into the porn industry. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk to someone who was a porn star and then left the porn industry. Now, the porn industry gives this projection that their industry is glamorous and attractive for a young woman to become a part of. But Brittany De La Mora will share with us the truth of what she discovered as she walked through this lifestyle. Brittany, welcome to the show. Hi, Alan. Thanks so much for having me. Brittany, it really is amazing to have you on the show. I am so excited because this is not a common testimony that you hear every day, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I've got a lot of questions, so let's get right into it. So you actually did quit the porn industry. Yes. And I understand when you're going through that, but what got you into the porn industry in the first place? Uh, I just experienced a lot of rejection, a lot of brokenness. I came from a dysfunctional family. Mm. And honestly, I was just looking for love in all the wrong places. And I found the porn industry when I was 18 years old. And they were very affirming. And they gave me everything that I thought that I wanted in life. Uh. They were offering everything that I thought that I wanted in life. And their arms were open wide. And it almost felt like a family when I first joined. Wow. So what were you doing prior to this before getting into the porn industry? So I was in college. I was working a full-time job and I was also stripping. I was an exotic dancer. And that's how I met a couple of people that worked in the porn industry. They were producers. And I ended up in that industry for seven years of my life from 18 to 25. Wow. So you were in the industry for seven years, but it wasn't always like this. You said that you grew up in a broken family. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. What do you mean by that? Tell us a little bit about, you know, what your family dynamic was when you were younger. So, I mean, I was basically just emotionally and physically abused almost on a daily oh, basis. Geez. And I just felt very rejected by my own family. Oh. Never felt like I was good enough for them. Never felt like I could amount. So you had brothers and sisters or... Yeah, I have one brother and one sister. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're pretty much, I look at them as like my babies. They're like my children, you know, <laughs> I've always <laughs> taken like the motherly role, especially in later years in their life. Yeah, I adore yeah. my brother and sister. So basically, it sounds like you grew up in a family that was highly critical. Mm-hmm. You were probably always getting into trouble, not measuring up enough mm-hmm. and always felt that way. Is that right? Yeah. And I was a good girl. I was a straight A student. I was on the honor roll. I was a cheerleader on the yearbook committee, but unfortunately it was just never good enough. Brittany. Okay. So wait, that paints another picture. So here you are like at school as like this really good kid, like almost like an overachiever. Oh, definitely. Cause I was trying to compensate and, you know, I thought, well, if I could just be perfect enough you know, for my family, then maybe I'll be loved. Oh my gosh. No kidding. Yeah. So then you grew up with this need and did you get a lot of like positive affirmation when you were younger as a kid? 
Oh, no, not at all. I heard things like you're a loser. You know, I hate you. I wish I never had you. Oh, my god! It was a lot of verbal abuse. Very, very, very little, if ever, any affirmation. You know, and I think someone listening can really understand that. You know, there's somebody out there listening who probably went through the same thing. Yeah. And it makes sense why you grew up needing this attention. So obviously, when you got into the porn industry, they're luring you in. They're basically saying the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love you. You're beautiful. And it's like everything that you want to hear from your parents, you know, and you find that in the porn industry. And so oh. it's pretty much when you are deprived of affirmation, it's like what you don't get at home, you're going to look for in the outside world because, you know, we were created to feel affirmed and to feel loved and to feel accepted in life. And when we don't feel that, especially at home, then we do look for that in outside sources. We have to find something to fill the void that's in our heart. Yeah. And so for me, I found the porn industry, which was offering, you know, not only pretty decent money, but also affirmation and acceptance. And so, Mm, you know, I went from being this perfectionist overachiever to being just a full-blown rebel and living in rebellion. (laughs) Let's travel through that, Brittany, because I think this is so good to understand how you go from being a super overachiever. How did that suddenly bridge to being a stripper? Yeah. So, I mean, there was a guy that I was dating in high school and, you know, the first guy you always date, you always think they're going to be the one and I'm going to marry this person. And so, although I wanted to save myself for marriage, even though I wasn't a Christian or anything like that was just something I remember hearing like Jessica Simpson saying she waited and I loved Jessica Simpson when I was growing up. So I was like, well, I want to wait. I don't want to have sex until I'm married, but I didn't have a foundation to build that on. And so, Mm. you know, my boyfriend really pressured me into having sex with him. And so I Mm. did. And then I found out that like a week later he had cheated on me with three different women. And so I was just honestly really heartbroken. I was 16 years old and that was my first heartbreak. So my friends used to go out to Mexico to party and we lived in San Diego. So it's like so close to the Tijuana border. And I went there with them one night. It was the first time I ever got drunk and I ended up in a strip club and I didn't know that it was a strip club when I got there. I just told the guards like, Oh, can I come in? And they're like, no. And I was like, why not? I just want to dance. I'm not going to drink. They're like, Oh, you want to dance? Okay. And I guess they thought that I knew that it was a strip club. So they take me in and they put me behind this line of like three or four girls that were in front of me and they're like, go ahead. So after, you know, I watched kind of how the other girls did it and I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, I had liquid courage and a broken heart. So that combination will make you do things that you would never do in your right mind. And so I took my top off that night, but it was the same thing. It was that affirmation. Everybody was cheering me on. And so there was just a seed that was planted in me when I was 16 in Mexico that if you take your clothes off, you're going to be affirmed and people are going to pay you. So it just kind of felt like a win-win at that age. Like I walked out of the club with like 160 bucks. Like that's so good for a 16 year old who makes that in like a week. It used to take me like a whole week to make that. Right. So that makes sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when I started going to college, I just was honestly really overwhelmed with working a full-time job. And Mm. so I was kind of trying to transition like, okay, I can go to college and just be a stripper because then I was making $2,500 a night in the strip club in Santa Barbara. So yeah. So that was kind of that like transition. It was like little by little where I didn't just go straight into porn, but it was like that little by little, you know, those seeds and those open doors that I was just going through that led me into porn. I think that that's a huge 
understanding of that your brokenness led you to a place of needing the affirmation. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad how you went from being this A student, you know, probably huge potential, but because of a lot of the brokenness of the past, it left this gaping hole for you to move forward into just this one-time experience that once that door was open, mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, you step through that door a little bit, try it out a little bit, but that affirmation just really sucked you right in. And it mm-hmm. just, it does sound like it was the easier way to go too, right, Brittany? Yeah. I mean, to go to school and to build a career that you could actually be proud of is hard work. And I think just at that time in my life, I had given so much of myself to just working hard. And for me, it felt like it never really paid off because I never earned the approval of my parents. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, well, what's the point? You know, I was broken. Obviously I should have kept going, but my reasoning as a broken 18 year old little girl was kind of like, well, what's the point? Like, why am I doing all this anyways? You know, I wasn't thinking about my future. I was thinking about like what could fulfill me in the now, what could please me in the now, what could make me happy in the now and just working hard for, you know, another four to seven years to get my degree just didn't seem like it was something that I wanted to do at that time. Brittany, let's stop there because I want to hear more about how this whole thing developed into the porn industry and what you experienced there. Brittany, thank you so much for just being real, vulnerable, and just sharing the real life truth here. So Brittany, I'm looking forward to having you on our next show. Thank you. Let's break down on what you just heard right after this short break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what are you thinking about this? Now, to me, this is mind-blowing, how the connection to lack of affirmation in the home and verbal abuse can open up kids to a world of hurt, as this world will, I mean, it's designed to lure people in using false affirmation, and it will use you and spit you out. I mean, for Brittany, the thing that got her into a compromised position of being a stripper was all about the affirmation and attention she never got at home as a young child. And she was a straight A student. Think of that. She was pretty, had good grades, yet never ever did she feel like she was good enough. I can really identify with that feeling. Now, I didn't grow up with verbal abuse, but I did struggle inside with never feeling like I was good enough. But I tell you what, if I was told that I was stupid or not enough or, you know, just verbal abuse was dumped on me like Brittany, I think I would have found myself in a compromised position same way. Why, you might ask? Well, ancient scriptures shed the truth about the power of our words and what we say, especially to our own family members. It is written in Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it 
will eat its fruit. That means both death and life exist in all of our mouths, in all of our words. We have the power to have life come from us towards others, but we also have the power to have death come from us to others. Literally, by what we say, we can have heavy influence on those around us for better or for worse. For me, it really makes me aware of my words, and it makes me want to make sure I'm careful with what I say, especially to my kids. Because saying wrong things, or the lack of saying the right things, can open up their lives to a world that will use and abuse them. And I sense there's someone who can identify with this story. Maybe you've never felt like you're enough. Maybe you're chasing that affirmation, that attention, maybe in your workplace, maybe even in a bad relationship. But it always feels like it's a carrot at the end of a pole you can never get to. You just can't get to it. Well, the truth is the Lord loves you and he's ready to affirm you now and speak life over you if you're willing to get to know him. Let me pray for you if that's you. Father God, I'm just lifting up my friend who might feel like that they're not enough, Lord. Maybe they've been told that they were not enough or maybe they've always struggled with that. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that we'd be able to walk into a real loving relationship with you. You want to speak life into us. Jesus, you are the life and you want to come into our lives. So Jesus, we receive you and believe in you in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.